welcome back to another episode of Sundays with Jeff Miller. We are into season two and episode number three. We did manage to get our listening audience up to 881 plays. So we are quickly approaching 900 and we are going to get to that number relatively quick, probably with this episode, and then march towards that 1,000 number that we've been looking forward to so that we can celebrate. And I would like to thank each and every one of you for listening and sharing. Remember that you can leave a message or set up contact with me through Instagram or Twitter. You can hear this broadcast on Overcast, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Spotify, Apple, and Anchor. And also, you can email me at Sundays, that's S-O-N-D-A-Z-E with Jeff Miller at gmail.com. Well, it's been kind of a crazy week since we last talked. Um, it seems to me that there have been some impeachable off fences. Get it? Offenses. How's that? We're going to start with that. That's the title this week for our podcast. And before we get to some of those offenses, we're going to talk about Urban Meyer, who has been hired as the next coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, we all know Urban Meyer from Ohio State and Florida. His resume is quite nice at the college level, 187 wins, 32 losses, combined at Ohio State, Florida, Utah, and Bowling Green. He won national championships in 2014 with Ohio State and in 2006 and 2008 at Florida. He had a 12-3 record in bowl games, but he was 3-0 in national championship games. And Jacksonville has the number one pick in April in the draft, and they also have the number 25 pick, the number 33 pick, and the number 46 pick, those last two falling in the second round of the draft. So the question for Urban Meyer will be, does he take Justin Fields and surprise the world? Or does he fall into the category and grab Trevor Lawrence, the favorite? It is really hard to tell, but it's going to be interesting. That team is young and heading in a good direction, and it will be interesting to see how Urban Meyer puts his stamp on that team. Breaking news in Detroit, the Lions agreed to a five-year deal with Brad Holmes as the new GM. He was the Los Angeles Rams college scouting director. Now, he is 41 years young, and he has been, it has been said that he has a very keen eye for talent. The Rams' first NFL team uh, will be the first NFL team to benefit from the new rule passed in November, which compensates teams that groom minority head coaches and GMs. So the Rams will receive a third-round 
draft pick, compensatory pick this year and next year, which is very interesting. And then since then, Robert Salah or Sala, sorry, I might have that wrong, um, who was also considered for the Lions job, has taken the job with the New York Jets, and they also are going to receive two compensatory third-round picks, uh, one this year in the draft and then one next year in the draft. So that's, that's kind of cool. I think that uh, that rewards teams for interviewing prospects and moving on. So it will be interesting to see if Brad Holmes can use his magic in Detroit with the draft, which is coming up in April. So we'll get a really good feel for how he feels about the team and the way that he decides to pick his draft picks. This is Wild Card Weekend. Um, no, this is not. This is the NFL's weekend after the Wild Card Weekend. Uh, last week, Buffalo 27, Indianapolis 24. Just a few notes on that game. There's a few players I wanted to look at. From a fantasy standpoint, Josh Allen continues to perform with his 36.4 fantasy points. He passed for 324 yards, had a couple TDs, and then ran for 54 yards and another touchdown. And then, of course, Stephon Diggs, 24.8 fantasy points in that game. Six catches, nine targets, 120 yards, and a touchdown. So, those two continued their march in fantasy football towards next year, moving up in the draft uh, really quickly, in my opinion. Now, on the other side, Indianapolis, you have to question. I mean, Phillip Rivers had a good game, 26.3 fantasy points, 309 yards, two TDs. He did throw for a two-point conversion. How do you feel about Phillip Rivers? I don't think he's going to be back. It's a one-year deal. I think they're going to look to snatch up somebody like a Matt Stafford possibly, or Carson Wentz, if they are available. We're not sure there. Speaking of Carson Wentz, Doug Peterson got fired this week in Philadelphia, so that will be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, but back to the Indianapolis Colts. In that game, Jonathan Taylor, 16.4 fantasy points, 21 rushes, 78 yards, and a touchdown. He had a couple catches for six additional yards, um, continues to perform. He has done really well the last five or six weeks, he's going to be moving up the draft. Matter of fact, I've seen a, quite a few mock drafts already that are out there, and he's in the top 10. He has moved up to the top 10, and he has even moved up to like the number six overall running back, which will be interesting to see how that works out next year. Michael Pittman had a decent game um, in the game, too. He also had five catches. 90 yards, 14 fantasy points in the game. It'll be interesting to see what happens with him because, you know, a new quarterback coming in and possibly uh, a change. I don't know. He could be the number one. I think T.Y. Hilton becomes a free agent there, so it'll be interesting there. The other game, L.A. Rams 30 over Seattle. Uh, we know Cam Akers has finished strong, 28 rushes and 131 yards and a touchdown, two catches for 45 yards. Sean McVay uses his running backs really well as receivers. That's going to make him really, really look appealing. Probably will be overdrafted next year, in my opinion. But then you have to wonder how he goes about. How will Sean McVay use uh, Akers and Brown next year? 
and it's really hard to say. He had 25.6 fantasy points, though, for this week's game against Seattle. I think there's more to talk about on that team would be um, Jared Goff, you know, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Those will be interesting plays. And then on the other side, Russell Wilson, only 23 fantasy points, but he only completed 11 passes on 27 throws. 174 yards, two TDs, one interception, um, but he ran four times for 50 yards. They fired the offensive coordinator coordinator there, Dan uh, Schottenheimer, uh, right uh, after the season ended three years as the coordinator there. They're going to be changing that up. It's going to be interesting to see who they hire for that position and how that plays out for Russell Wilson. DK Metcalf, 26.6 fantasy points. Again, five catches but 11 targets, 96 yards. He had a 55-yard touchdown, uh, two TDs, so he finally broke his jinx against Jalen Ramsey. Yay, hopefully for you Metcalf fans, that'll help him out next year when he has to face the Rams twice because I think it's like the last five times they've played the Rams, he's been under like 10 points. I mean, he's getting like two or three catches max and no yardage. So it was nice to see that in the game. And it was Brian Schottenheimer who was out as the offensive quarter coordinator after three years in Seattle. So how are you feeling about Russell Wilson? On to Tampa Bay and Washington. Tampa Bay wins 31-23 to over Washington. Uh, Tom Brady, 27 fantasy points. He threw the ball 40 times. Only completed 22 passes, which is not real efficient for him. 381 yards, though, two touchdowns, and then Leonard Fournette. This will be interesting to see how this plays out. Leonard Fournette, now the lead back, probably will be for the rest of the playoffs. 23.2 fantasy points, 19 rushes, 93 yards, and a touchdown, four catches, 39 yards. Will he be back in Tampa Bay next year? Will he? And if he is, would you pick him? Where would you pick him? Where would you pick him if he's back in Tampa Bay and he continues to finish out this year at this pace. Does that mean anything? It will be interesting. It will be very interesting. And then Godwin, Evans, and Brown all did well in this game. Of course, the season's over, and it's irrelevant for us fantasy football managers, right? 18.9 for Godwin, 17.9 for Evans, 15.1 for Brown. Um, where do you rank those guys? And will Godwin be back? I believe he's also uh, open for free agency. And will he be signed? That will be hard to tell. That will be hard to tell. Cameron Bray had 12 fantasy points, four catches, 80 yards. Uh, Gronk, zero fantasy points. Gronk needs that one more touchdown to help him and Brady set the record all time. Maybe this week he'll get that. Maybe this week. We'll see. But I think Cameron Bray's the future there. Um, and I think they need to incorporate him into that offense. I think he's, he's a good, solid, tight end. Uh, for Tampa Bay in the future. Big Cameron Bray fan here. Then we move on to Baltimore because I really don't have anything to say about anybody on Washington's team from a fantasy relevancy. I mean, they had a backup third-string quarterback. Um, Antonio get, did, did, did not really have a, a good game. Um, McKissick, I think, had the most fantasy points, and it was like nine. And and Terry McLaurin didn't do really well either. So we're not going to talk about the rest of that team. But Baltimore, Tennessee, 20. Baltimore, Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee gets 13. Baltimore wins. Lamar Jackson's 25.8 fantasy points. 
not real great passing. 17 completions, 24 attempts, 170 yards, 9 yards, 1 interception. Runs 16 times for 136 yards and 1 TD. So, I don't know. Still not sure I would want to draft Lamar Jackson next year for my fantasy team. Ryan Tannehill, 12.2 uh, fantasy points. He had a really good season this year, but only 12.2 fantasy points in this game. One touchdown, one interception. Derrick Henry, disappointing, 8.1 fantasy points. Um, 18 rushes, 40 yards. And then A.J. Brown, he did pretty well in this game. 20.3, 6 catches, 10 targets, 83 yards and a touchdown. I think A.J. Brown's going to be a really good pick next year. Ryan Tannehill, can he get it done? He couldn't get it done. What, is, what do they do there? They've committed to him. He's on the team for another year. Um, did really well this year, really. I think I see that he was his completion percentage put him at like third in the NFL for completion percentage. Do they not throw enough? Do they throw too much? I don't know. They, they need to come up with the right mix when they need it. They're definitely need, going to need to work on their defense in Tennessee. New Orleans beats Chicago 21-9. More questions and answers there, and I'm going to start on the Chicago side of this. Mitchell Trubisky, 15 fantasy points, 19 to 2999 yards, one TD, three rushes, 10 yards. Will he be back, and will Allen Robinson be back? 11.5 fantasy points, six catches, 55 yards. I mean, they, they're probably the two most impressive players. I mean, Montgomery didn't have a very good game. He finally came back down to earth. But what is Chicago going to do? What are they going to look like next year? Um, and, you know, both of these guys, they need to either sign them or they're going to move on. And honestly, if they move on, I don't see much coming out of Chicago next year. And then over on the New Orleans side, of course, we have Drew Brees, the question mark there. But how about Alvin Kamara, 19.6 fantasy points, 23 rushes, 99 yards, 1 TD, only 2 catches, 2 receptions for 17 yards, but nice performance, and he'll continue to be that way in New Orleans pretty much no matter who's at quarterback next year. But it will be interesting to see if it's Hill or Jameis Winston. Cleveland routes Pittsburgh 48-37. Baker Mayfield, 28.8 fantasy points, um, 263 yards, three touchdowns, and he ran the ball five times for three yards. Needs to improve the rushing there, Baker, but, uh, you know, definitely been a catalyst for Cleveland this year and looking much better than he has in the past. Could be a sneaky peak player to draft late next year for your fantasy football team. Um, on the other side of the ball, Pittsburgh's Ben Roethlisberger, he puts up 42 fantasy points, sets a record, I think, with 47 completions for, for all time for the NFL, 501 yards. He threw the ball 68 times, though, but unfortunately, he also had four interceptions to go with four touchdowns and one two-point conversion. Where is Ben going to end up next year? I mean, really, is he back? He's got one more year on that contract. We're going to talk a little more about that later, but it's like $41 million against the cap. Is Ben Roethlisberger worth $41 million? I think I read that if they cut him, they still have to count $22 million. We'll see where that goes. But let's look at a few of the other players. Over in Cleveland, Chubb, 24.5 fantasy points. Kareem Hunt, 19.1. Those two remain productive. Um, the funny thing here is that Kareem Hunt had two rushing touchdowns, but Nick Chubb had none, but had a receiving touchdown. The role reversed just a little bit. A little bit. Chubb can catch the ball. I just can't figure out why they don't allow him to 
be more involved in that offense because he seems to definitely be the better runner in that offense, right? I don't know. And then Jarvis Landry, 20.2 fantasy points, five catches, 92 yards, one touchdown. If I can get Jarvis Landry next year playing for Cleveland and, and he falls to the sixth, seventh, eighth round, I'm all over that. I mean, the guy has been nothing but fantastic in Cleveland, in my opinion. Um, and it's not somebody you might even want to play every week, but he's somebody you can use definitely against good matchups. And he always seems to be around when everybody else is injured. So Jarvis Landry. How about Juju Smith? He's a free agent next year. 34.7 fantasy points. He was targeted 19 times by Ben. 19 times, caught 13 of them for 157 yards, one TD. Too little, too late for Juju. He's going to be gone. They're not signing him. They got Claypool. They got Johnson. Claypool had 22.9 fantasy points. Deontay Johnson, 22.7. They have Washington. They're going to move on from Juju. They're not going to pay the big bucks because they don't need to. They have depth. Uh, talking about people who are impeachable, right? Here we go. Randy Fitchner, the offensive coordinator, is out and the offensive line coach, Sean uh, Garrett, is also out in Pittsburgh. We head to the divisional round this week where Green Bay, ranked number one, starts us out on Saturday at 4.35 p.m. versus the L.A. Rams. Rams are seated sixth, and they're 10-6. and six. Green Bay is 13-3 for the regular season. Um, the number one offense... Green Bay versus the number one defense, the L.A. Rams. That should be interesting, right? And then the 8-15 game, Buffalo, who seeded number two in Baltimore, number five. Uh, they'll play at 8-15. Buffalo is 11-3 in home playoff games in their team history. 11-3. Buffalo or Baltimore? That's probably going to be my favorite game to watch this weekend, though. I really think that'll be a good game. And then... Kansas City, who's the number one seed, versus Cleveland at number six on Sunday at 3.05. Andy Reid is 7-0 in his career versus Cleveland. And then we move on to New Orleans, who's seeded number two versus Tampa Bay on Sunday at 6.40 p.m. Those two teams are the only teams that have played each other this year. None of the other teams have played each other this year. Uh, but New Orleans and Tampa Bay played twice. Week one, New Orleans won 34 to 23, and then week nine, New Orleans won 38 to three. Tom Brady in that week nine game only had 5.4 fantasy points with three interceptions, and in the first game he had 26.5 fantasy points, but he had two interceptions. So five interceptions versus two touchdowns against New Orleans. I I don't, I'm going with New Orleans in this one. I'm hoping they pull this one out for Drew Brees. I hope he at least gets one more shot at winning the Super Bowl after some of the things that have happened in New Orleans in the playoffs the last few years. New Orleans has won five straight games versus Tampa Bay. And then in other news, uh, New Orleans added a kicker, Blair Walsh, because uh, they've been having some trouble and some issues with Will Lutz. Buffalo signed Devontae Freeman because Moss is out as a backup running back. And then the Raiders, they hired Gus Bradley to be their defensive coordinator, just so you know that. Keep you up to date with that. So there's something to look forward to next year. And then the Colts lose Anthony Castanzo 
He has retired this week. He is not going to return next year. They did bring in Jared Veldheer to replace him. And this is interesting. He played in Saturday's wildcard loss for the Indianapolis Colts. And then he signs with Green Bay this week on Monday. He is going to be the first player in NFL history to play for two teams in one postseason. So I wonder if Green Bay gets eliminated this week, if he'll sign with somebody else next week and keep this streak going. That'll be interesting to see. Um, Josh Allen was the fifth player with a passing TD, a rushing TD, and a receiving TD in postseason history in the NFL. The other uh, four were Devontae Freeman and Cordell Stewart, Julian Edelman, and Nick Foles. How's that? And then the Bills' win over the Colts was the first playoff game in NFL history to feature two 300-yard passers and zero turnovers. And the Colts became the first team in NFL history to lose after totaling more than 450 yards of offense with zero turnovers. Wow. And they had a good defense for most of the year. So that that's an interesting note. And then the Cleveland Browns, they joined uh, the 1965 Colts as the only other team with a defensive TD on the very first play from scrimmage in a postseason game. 1965 Colts was the last team to do that. And then the Browns' 28 points in the first quarter was the most by a team since 1970 when the AFL and the NFL merger began. So, 28 points in the first quarter. That game was over before it got started. And then Ben Roethlisberger, here we go. 501 yards in that game. Second most only behind who? Guess. Who do you think he is second behind? Second most total yards. He's only behind Tom Brady with 505 in Super Bowl LII. Yeah. Almost completed. Uh... Also, he set the most completed passes in a game. I told you that earlier with 47. Found that to be very, very interesting. And then now we have a new person that is emerging in the headlines right now to become the Detroit Lions head coach. That is Dan Campbell. The defense, no, he's not the defense. He is the tight end coach for New Orleans. One thing we know about the Lions is they like tight ends, so I can see the connection here. I'm kind of wondering if Brad Holmes is in on this, if he's actually going along with that move. It'll be interesting to see. So stay tuned. We'll be back with more news after the playoffs this weekend, and we'll take a look at some of the fantasy perspectives that come out of those games. We'll continue to monitor some of the mock drafts that are taking place, both for college players and then for next season. People are already playing around with, you know, who they're going to pick with the first pick uh, in PPR drafts, which has been kind of interesting to look at some of those things, new 1 through 10s, new 1 through 12s coming out. And that's all I've got for you. And that's all the impeachable offenses we had this week around the NFL. Thanks for joining me. Remember to play nice, love your neighbor, and most of all, have fun. Bye.